Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's a reason why podcasting is so popular, mm. and I think it just taps into just the most simple and ancient form of entertainment, which is just a campfire. You know, like it's just quiet, there's people talking, and that's it. It's just story time, you know? This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Hello to all of you good humans out there. Once again, welcome back to Good Humans Podcast. If you're new here, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I had an absolute ball listening to it. And if you're coming back, I am so, so grateful for you. It's nice to see how many people are coming back now. The downloads have been up and it's, yeah, it's cool to see the growth of the podcast. It's so nice to see people appreciating not only the stories from these incredible guests, but also the stuff that I have to say on the 1% podcast and bringing light to that community. But yeah, these guest episodes, I'm learning so much from them. I'm going into them with a completely open mind and being a sponge and just loving hearing people's stories it's so nice having conversations with people who are willing to share their story who are willing to go deep into their knowledge and let us learn from their stories so today's episode no different to that this is a good friend of mine jace mcalpine he does host a podcast called gypsy tales which is one of the biggest podcasts in australia it is based around motocross but he does have some incredible guests think joe rogan but for australia long form podcast really deep conversations and he likes to describe it like he's sitting around a campfire having a great old chat with somebody no distractions and it's quite a rare thing long conversation so make sure after you listen to today's episode you check out jace and what he's up to with gypsy tales it's um yeah super inspiring for me getting into podcasting seeing his growth and the way that he's done his whole journey um yeah we do touch on some really interesting topics his understanding of meditation is fascinating and it's something that really inspires me and yeah his mindset around his growth in his business and his dedication to it is second to none so Let's jump into the chat. Welcome to the podcast, Jace McAlpine. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, wanting to do this one for a while, so. Yeah, we've been chatting about it. You're obviously a big inspiration of mine when it comes to the podcast game. Gypsy Tales is your little baby, or should we call it big baby? And I want to get to know the man behind Gypsy Tales, the man who is Jace McAlpine, and get to know your story a little better. So that's what we're here for today. You're a very good human. I'm very excited to get to know your story more, so... Let's rewind back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? What was your family like? Family life like as a kid? And yeah, what sort of values did your parents instill in you, do you think, from a young age? Uh, so I grew up in Cairns, uh, North Queensland, baby. Uh, I got a brother, which is, we're pretty close in age. We're sort of like two years apart. And then a younger sister. And then, yeah, had pretty solid family. Like my, my parents were, I guess like... Uh, my parents are one of like the good couples that you kind of see, which I feel very lucky. They're like, you know, they're still super tight and there was like a pretty loving kind of family growing up. Um, dad was always super into dirt bikes and I just don't really have many memories of my life without 
wanting to ride bikes or playing some kind of sport and uh just did basically like footy in through the week little athletics then we rode bikes on sundays and then played cricket when we could and so just a real big sporting family and i think that i guess it just sort of shaped my whole life really like i um yeah always just kind of had sport as like the thing so i think with values and uh it came from like that upbringing of like being competitive but taking wins and taking mm, losses and uh, yeah like that that sort of thing so um i feel like that's probably the main values and then i think if to get into like the stuff down the track probably one of my biggest influences in my life was uh one of my dad's best friends who we call uncle glenn uh glenn jacobs he made uh some of the first like action sports movies ever and uh so he made the first film was called like crazy ice cream heads from outer space and then the mud cows series and it was like these mountain bike films and uh so he was always someone i really looked up to when i was younger as well and then i think that's where like the film and content kind of creativity sort of came from and uh did a lot of reading as a kid a lot of like magazines and books and shit as well so i think those like sport and then the content is kind of like where my life's still at and it sounds like that curiosity was in there from a young age when you said mentioned reading books it is something that you do talk about a lot that quest for more knowledge always and i'm very inspired by the way that you do read a lot of books you meditate a lot which we will get into as we go through this chat because it yeah it intrigues me you're a very interesting guy (laughs) in a really good way i think it's really special the way that you've had that upbringing and always that curiosity and how you touched on where that influence came from which we will get into that part of your journey so going through high school what was that journey like for you did you have a normal high school life or did you hate it i fucking hated school like so bad i think the curiosity and the all that sort of stuff it came from probably a mixture of being really far away like growing up Mm. in cairns and feeling super far away from anything like i don't think i'd been i ever was on a plane until i was like 17 no way yeah so we we kind of drove everywhere the world felt really big to me as Mm. a kid and uh we lived kind of out of town in like a really small town as well so even just to drive into town felt like super far away when i was a kid and i think that's why i really gravitated towards like reading and films and things like that because made the world feel like a little bit smaller Mm. in a way but yeah like all through school dude i just fucking hated school i hated the teachers i hated authority and i just didn't really have a lot of friends as a kid as well and uh we lived like a pretty we lived like a pretty weird lifestyle like my dad was one of those dads that was like made you drive a car at five and we went fishing for our school holidays or lived on like aboriginal communities and stuff like that so i'd go back to school i'd be like oh i fucking shot pigs for i'm in like grade three and four i'm like oh, i spent six weeks shooting pigs and then yeah dad let me drive the car for like 400 kilometers and <laughs> like i'd say all this shit to these kids and they were just like what like yeah you're a liar fuck you didn't do that and i just i was like ah, oh, none of these kids like what i like none of them believe anything that i do when i'm like away from you know mm. like school or whatever so i sort of just kind of struggled my way through it and high school got a little bit better but by this point i was just like i was over it i yeah. knew that i wasn't gonna go to uni i knew that i sort of wasn't gonna fit into the system so i just kind of dealt with it and then as soon as i left school i just started my own business and was like yeah I'm, I'm out yeah let's go there if you obviously didn't think uni was for you and school wasn't really for you what sort of mindset did you have when you dropped out of school or whenever you finished school what direction did you feel like you had because i feel like a lot of people get quite lost finishing school especially if they hate school 
So yeah, what was that step for step after school like for you? I worked in uh, my mum worked for Besser Bricks, like the brick yep. factory. So I literally just worked in the brick factory, and I just my job was to pick up bricks that were defective and then throw it over the conveyor belt uh, into like a skip, and then empty the skip. And I'd literally just do that for twelve hours. Oh, and so I was a uh, I I was always pretty good at writing, so I was like oh, I'm going to work in magazines, and I'm going to kind of that was what I was going to do. Just dirt bikes, dirt bikes, dirt bikes. That's all. I was like I'll just go this way. I knew I wasn't going to be an athlete because I wasn't good enough. Um, but I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just figure out a way to, to kind of do it. And we, we didn't really have that much money when we were young. So from a real young age, like I think I got my first job when I was like 13, nine months. Like mm. when I think that was in, legal in Queensland, was. that was like the legal thing. So I worked at Aquarius Video and then I had like a second job at the IGA. And that's how I bought like my first like race bike, dirt bike and stuff like that. So and then I was like, I'd do lawn mowing and pool cleaning and car washing and so i was just like a hustler kid Mm. from the jump and then you sort of didn't really need mates to do that either so i kind of just like always did my own thing with that kept yourself busy yeah yeah and uh and the money thing always kind of fucked with me too when i was a kid like i always always felt like i had a lot less than what i actually had in reality yeah but you i'd see like what other kids had and i constantly would compare myself to Mm. that so I was like, fuck, I just got to get money. I got to get this. I got to get that. I don't have these shoes. I don't have like all this sort of stuff. So yeah, that was kind of the mentality, eh? like just little hustler sort of deal. And then I just knew I wasn't going to go to school. I I, uh, I got a job at a bike dealership after I finished with like the brick company kind of deal. Worked there. And then I just, I always had businesses. Like I, I started making fucking t-shirts had like a little clothing brand and then I bought a sticker machine. I started making like graphics for dirt bikes. So it was pretty much, I just like did anything I could to not have a real job, but mm. still stay connected to dirt bikes. Yeah. I love that. It's so interesting from a young age, so many athletes or people with a love for a certain sport find it really difficult to find their way yeah. in the sport without being the star. The athlete, that, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's, that's why it's so cool watching your, journey with gypsy tales now like you're one of the most probably recognized names in the dirt bike industry as a complete whole without being a professional oh, right, athlete yeah. which is yeah well and i think it's cool with like sammy's the same you know like mm. me and sammy we go back to like 2008 mm. both just being young dudes trying to do exactly that you know like we knew we weren't gonna be able to ride bikes professionally but like how do we kind of stay in the culture and like have an effect on the culture kind of thing and uh yeah it's one of those i guess it's cool to see like you know even athletes when they retire nowadays they don't just have to retire and like vanish completely and Mm. you know you're on the come up too where like you are a legit athlete but in tandem you're also kind of creating your own thing you know i think the the landscape definitely is changing in that sense yeah and the opportunity we have nowadays with social media and just so many platforms to be just an athlete is so one dimensional yeah yeah. it doesn't make sense and like obviously i'm a bit of a complete outlier of having like a mental health business but i think using not enough athletes use their platform to do good but also to expand on what they can possibly do you obviously hear of plenty of athlete stories that start big businesses and go into businesses 
using their kind yeah. of profile but to actually like use more than your profile and try and use other knowledge that you've gathered along the way is so important that's why it's so cool i think what you've done to get into the industry so let's talk about that next journey getting into the content creation because i know you did some filming and we're over in the states what was that part of your journey like because having that awareness like oh i still want to be in the motocross industry i love motorsports mm. how can i do it was that your mindset like how can i still be in the sport but yeah. not be an athlete it's sort of it's funny as i've kind of as like the years go on i think the past becomes a little bit clear in mm. a sense like you, i feel like you forget a lot about it but in forgetting about it you kind of it becomes clear what you were sort of doing yeah but i, I look back at it and i i feel like it sort of has, has always just centered around i just wanted to be able to ride whenever i wanted and and that was that that was the escape as a kid so i remember yeah all you know whatever problems that you think you have whatever problems i did actually have the bike was always the thing where i was yeah. like i just want to go fucking ride bikes with my mates like that's all i kind of wanted to do so it was such like an escapism and it was just funny that i feel like all i've kind of done is just facilitate this like escapism you know what i mean so it's like what's a good way to to work and be able to still ride a dirt bike whenever you want oh, i will work in that kind of industry you know yeah so yeah it, it was sort of it it wasn't even like it wasn't even a premeditated thing like to get into the content side of it i just had a fucking idea randomly hit me while i was driving one day i hated the dude that i worked for the i ended up working for this magazine right and it was a dirt bike thing and i thought i was going to be like a rider but mm. the guy was like, oh, we want you to do the ads. So I was like, all right, I'll figure it out. I'll do like the sales and marketing and ads kind of deal. I just didn't like him. The business wasn't doing that good. I was doing a job that I wasn't that good at. And it was in like 2008, I reckon. So like yeah. right when like blogging was a thing and I just was driving down the road. I, I moved to Melbourne as a, a 19 year old kid or something like that. I fucking hated it there too. It was so cold. I was by myself. Didn't <laughs> From know Cairns anybody. to yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. No thanks. In winter. Oh my and God. then, uh, so I was like, I don't like this. And then I just was driving one day and I just had this idea, MX daily. And I was like, fuck MX daily. And there was a bunch of websites in America that were making films and putting it on their own website. And I literally just, I got a credit card and I bought a camera and a tripod. I still have the tripod. No. This was in 08. And, uh, and then I was just like, I'll just do MX Daily. It'll be the writing, which I was you know, kind of good at and wanted to do for the magazine. And I'll just learn how to film and edit. And that was just as simple as that kind of business plan was in my head. Started that, did that for a couple of years. I actually did a podcast, believe it or not. This is, I just remembered recently. I did like five or six podcasts in 2008. No way. It, it would have been yeah and uh and then i ended up getting this opportunity the the australian motocross team was i was filming with a bunch of the guys that were on the australian motocross team and i'd kind of filmed them all year and i knew red bull was doing a, a tv show on that race because it was in america in 2010 so i just like pitched the guys i said hey i've been filming with these dudes all year i know these boys like how about i fly over I'll be a part of like the film crew documenting it and then I'll give you all of my Aussie footage that I've spent this year filming mm -hmm. for the for the piece. And they're like, sweet. So I just literally went to America. It was crazy. I was supposed to be there for two weeks and then they, they fucked up my bookings and it was two months. And I had... I can't remember how much money I had in my account, but I had like $400 in my account. 
and I just flew to America and stayed there for two months. How's looking back at those stories, like those travel stories where you're like, how the fuck did I pull that off? Dude, it was like eight years of that. It was fucking insane. And like going to, I mean, fast forwarding a bit, but I remember being at like doing visa runs from the US to, to Europe, having no money and having all my camera shit with me. And then basically having oversized baggage and if they decided to charge me for it i was fucking stuck in london the old sitting there crying to yeah. the person that I, can't yeah. Yeah. I can't afford it yeah i've been at like so many gas stations where like i was waiting for two o'clock in australia so i could get my mum to transfer me some money for fuel and just all oh. that yeah just a crazy stuff you look back and you're like why did you do like why would you do that yeah but at the time you just, just hustling doesn't matter i feel like i'm in that like maybe not to that extent stage of my life but I'm like feel like I'm getting like starting to get moments where I'm getting backed up against the wall where I'm like shit like I'm in this grind stage that everyone tells you like yeah. you know, every business that looks like an overnight success is like five to ten years like I'm sure people see Gypsy Tales and go like oh he's killed it but it's like grind after grind and I feel yeah. like that now with the good human factory it's like built a brand it's built an image but it's still like, I'm not making a dime. I'm mm. just like trying to work out how to do that next stage. But it's like, you got to grind past. And so many people give up. Yeah. And I think that's like a really important part of the story. And I'm, I'm sure we can talk about this. Has there uh, been moments where you're like, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to get a normal job at home. Literally never. Love that. <laughs> yeah. I'll just like, I've, and I'd say to them, you know, you, you, you'll get, I don't know whether you personally do, but you'll have these people that or in your personal life, whether it's like a girlfriend, like I've had a bunch of relationships where I'm like, Hey, this is just how it is. Yeah, like, fuck is off. <laughs> like <laughs> basically fuck off because this is what I'm up to. This is what I want to do with my life. I understand if this isn't like your image of how your life's going to go, mm. but like, I'm not going to just change who I am for that image that you've got. And that's kind of just like how you've got to be with a bunch of people. It's, it is, I think to be somewhat successful in business, there is a period of time where, you are like an athlete where mm. you've just got to fully put yourself first. You've got to only think about, you know, what's best for you next day within reason, you know, like yeah, you can't yeah. just be a piece of shit to, to the people around you. But in terms of like how you plan out your life, how you spend your time, how you prioritize, it's like you've got to treat yourself like an athlete in business and and almost have like a, a weird level of belief in yourself, yeah. you know, because it's sort of you're the only one that can see it. And it's like what you can see for good human factory is so much bigger and grander than what anyone else can see. Mm. Even if you spend like an hour trying to explain your vision, it's still not going to be as grand to that person as, as what it is in your head. Yeah. So it's almost just like this fucking seed that you've, you've got and you're watering. It's like this seed that's in your mind and yeah. it's like your sole responsibility to cultivate that. You and know? It's like that blind trust in the universe too. So often I'm just like, you know what? What's the worst? I'm going to like fail. I learned something and I just don't think enough people have that mindset. Dude, there's no such thing as a failure. Like mm. as long as you're alive to keep going, every single thing that you think is a failure could be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Mm. And that's happened to me on so many different occasions. I mean, to fast forward a little bit, I was denied entry in the US over some visa stuff and it was just critical man like it was i had no money i had the least like i'd spent years building up this equipment like film equipment i was down to like nothing literally that camera and that camera i still use them today and i basically just my life was in america 
and I they were like, no, you got to go home. And I just come home. I was 29, moved in with my parents, like on paper, fucking huge failure. And then that was Gypsy Tales. Gypsy Tales came out of that. And it was, you know, if I get let in and then if I, you know, go down that road, I don't know where I am right now. I'm, pro- mm. I'm probably not in this room doing this. So it's like the things that you think are the most devastating outcomes possible are, are oftentimes the things that give you that launch pad for the next thing or more growth or you know so yeah it's a cliche saying but a door closes another one opens oh seriously i have a friend of mine who i had on recently on good humans byron dempsey he talks about the idea of like a thousand doors it's like you open one door and it can open you to a thousand but so many of us are so happy and comfortable in this warm cozy room that we're not even willing to like poke through the next door and once you can kind of just like go fuck it yeah what's the worst like oh, open i don't like that one shut the door go to the next one whereas people aren't willing to open that door yeah and the idea of like this blind trust in the universe like i feel it so much that i'm just like as long as your wire is strong enough and like you're doing it for the right reason get another cliche but like i'm sure you're the same with the stuff you do like yeah as long as you believe in what you're gonna do like you can will stuff to happen like oh man i've watched things happen in my mind's eye that have played out exactly as mm. they've happened and and when i was doing the film stuff before the podcast was ever a thing like i always knew a video was going to do good or i knew something would do good if if i almost can like watch it the edit before i even mm. fucking film the thing yeah and i've got one edit that was probably the thing that i became the most well known for or made people um I guess it was like the first time people were like, oh, fuck, that's like, that dude's making legit mm. stuff. I could watch that thing clip for clip. The track wasn't built. The location wasn't done. The riders weren't locked in. None of it. But I could literally watch the video. And it turned out exactly how we planned it. We wanted to make a video that got over a million views. It got over a million views like super quick. So it's like, I really, really think that there are these like clear visions that you can have for yourself and you can literally will those things into existence let's talk about the space how you get to those clear visions i know you're big on meditation what was your introduction to meditation like and then let's go into i guess manifestation and the idea on how you get those visions and then actually elaborate on them uh so the meditation thing was actually literally sitting here i i didn't realize this for a while it sort of actually circles back to that that escapism of like riding the bike mm. and i'd always have just been so fucking interested and fascinated in what happens to you when you ride because it's always like i'm not even that good at it mm. but it just become this thing that like i was obsessed with Presence. for my entire life and that's what it is mm. it's that it's just that moment where the voice in your head goes away because like I'm neuro- I'm a neurotic person. Like I think and think and think Me and too. think and think and think. And a lot of times, you know, it's not even about myself or someone else or just a problem. Like I'll just have a problem in my mind and it'll be stuck there and I'm just going and going and going. Or I'm in the shower and I'm zoned out five minutes later. And, you know, like I've had one of those super deep conversations <laughs> or I've played out a scenario and, and everyone has that. Mm. And that for me at times that voice has like not been friendly destructive huh like crazy bad yeah you know and uh 
and I think as you you know you grow up and you mature, maybe you get better at just like doing life. I guess that some people don't. That's the scary thing. I feel like so many people don't build that self awareness and realize that we're not that thought. Oh yeah, and that's what meditation brings. It like it makes the gap bigger between the yeah. initial thought and the reaction to the thought, and that yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So, uh, but basically, yeah, there's there's just been like this obsession with what happens there, and I just. I went back actually a while ago through the podcast to just like see, cause I don't really ever listen to any of them, mm. but just to hear me talk about a couple of those different things. And like, I brought it up with Robbie Madison. I bought it, I brought it up with a bunch of people before I got into meditation. Right. Mm. So I've always been like really interested in the curiosity. Was yeah. There. That. And I think I, I always read a lot of philosophy. I always read a lot of, I guess, like metaphysical shit. Like, mm. what is the universe? What is reality? What, you know, what is mind? Like, where does this phenomena of mind come from? Yeah. But it was never in like a, a context of Buddhism or, you know, nothing that would kind of fit spirituality or meditation. And um, I was like super, like as an atheist and it's sort of, so I went more down like that philosophical route. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I was just in, I was in here one day and I was just, it was after, it was, I think it, maybe it was like after a podcast or something. And I was just sitting here and one of my biggest fears with doing the podcast was like, I'm just fucking nobody. Like I'm not, I didn't have a, don't have a following. I don't do anything spectacular. There's no reason to have like millions of people watching me. Mm. It was just this slow thing that I kind of built up. And so the biggest worry or fear that I had was that people would look at what I was doing with the podcast and be like oh this fucking idiot just wants to be famous like this is you know what I mean and I was like that's so gross to me because I feel I feel like that's not what I'm doing it for and so it just became like this imposter syndrome kind of yeah it just became like this weird internal conflict that I had and it was it was around ego and I just started thinking about ego, 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 ego. And uh, also I started doing jiu-jitsu in 2018, like pretty much right when I got denied entry, I had nothing to do. So I just started doing fucking jiu-jitsu flat out. And uh, and there was a lot of like ego talk in that. And then I was just like, what the fuck even is the ego? Like mm. I just didn't really understand it. And then, yeah, I was sit- sitting in here one day and I kind of just had like this regression of going, well... I'm doing the podcast, but I don't want people to think I got an ego. And then I'm like, well, that's ego. And then I just kind of like got stuck in this, this loop. And I was trying to, again, trying to just think my way out of it. I just fucking sat in here, dude, for like an hour. I just remember I was staring over at that bit of wall and, uh, and I just sat there and kind of just went blank for a bit and was thinking like, it's all ego. Like everything is ego. There's Mm. no, there's no thought that I can have. There's no, the most, humble thought that i could have is still ego yeah all of it and so that prompted me to start reading i was always a fan of sam harris um and just like his political stuff and then i read his book waking up and that was huge and then i read uh i actually listened to joe dispenser dispenser so uh because Coming of taylor natural no i li- i read i actually listened to it on a drive to melbourne uh fuck what was it called breaking the habit of being yourself that's right Uh and it was pretty cool and then it got into some like metaphysical stuff and quantum reality shit and i was like this is fucking bullshit now so then i and then i read 
Sam Harris waking up and I was like oh this this really makes sense to me and then that was in 2000 and maybe 2008 end of 2018 yeah and then oh so this is only a couple four years ago yeah 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 yeah. you've been meditating for longer no I I'd sort of I did but not with the con not with the framework that I had it was all I'd say I really started when like this framework was put in place before it was just sitting down doing some breath but yeah. not really having an understand more felt like a like a hack yeah you know what i mean like a productivity you're hack. trying to do it for a reason it, rather than doing it for the nothingness that meditation should be yeah yeah so i, I kind of don't count that yeah. as working towards it yeah i understand but yeah so then i I just got really really into it and and not not even as much like the sitting i never really pressured myself to do like that like i wouldn't do like day retreats and i do one one hour sit a week but the rest is just like kind of like 10 minute stuff but i've read like a lot of books on it i've listened to all the audio that i can on it like it's been something that uh yeah i've kind of like really really yeah. gone into and the th- like thinking about you know the self and free will since the end of 2018 I've thought probably more about that than anything else in my life. That's fascinating. I think somebody in your line of work as well, like it's funny, the stereotypical, not athlete, but like let's say like the motor industry stereotypically, like the surf industry, meditation gets such a weird connotation to it. Whereas I feel like the more that we can realize that meditation is like literally what you're talking about, like understanding yourself a better way, the more people will like, learn that it's i don't know how's it your friends that you just want to shake them and be like oh it's like it's it's yeah i mean it's fucking hard and absolutely and that's the thing people think they're going to sit down and be like oh i'm meditating like one of my good friends who's a meditation teacher i'll have to introduce you to him his name's um chris soul he owns mindspo a meditation retreat and stuff in bali but so he's like been a meditation teacher for years and he's like it still takes me like usually between 12 and 14 minutes of a 20 minute mantra meditation to get that stillness yeah yeah and it's like once he told me that i was like oh why am i expecting to get this stillness in 10 seconds like most people go oh i'm shit at it i can't stop my thoughts it's like well people just need to be explained it i think a bit better and like you get the understanding through reading and be curious and learn about it before you just go into someone told me to meditate is 10 minutes oh it didn't work yeah well yeah i mean i I completely agree like the it's all the context and the mm. for me the actual like sitting and meditating like quote unquote meditating yeah, yeah. i look at that in the same way as like you should go to let's say like for me with jiu-jitsu right yeah. jiu-jitsu is my sport that's what i'll do i'm gonna go do this competition blah 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 i go to the gym to get stronger to do the to do the thing that's yeah. what meditating is for me for life yeah. it's like i go to I go do my 10 minutes to sit down and do my formal side of it. That's like me just going to the gym for my life. And then it's more about how can that 10 minutes then influence like the rest of your day. So I look at the rest of my day as more important from a meditation standpoint as my meditation Mm. than my meditation itself. Like I don't really give a fuck what happens in my meditation. Like I'd rather have a moment of just like the center dropping out of my experience and just being super present that lasting for 15 seconds but it's in like a real life context it's, yeah. it's at a red light it's while i'm eating my food it's just more about for me it's more about 
those moments happening in real time in real life if that makes sense yeah just the mindfulness and the presence i think it's like so cool and the way that you would describe it coming from that initial experience of riding bikes and not being able to put your finger on it yeah i get the same with surfing and i talk about it quite a lot in this podcast that feeling i know you surf a little bit yeah yeah that feeling like you never take your hands off a rail and are thinking about anything yeah. other than what's happening on that wave and yeah i think meditation is a way for people who might not be experienced in sport who find it quite difficult to find that flow state in their life i think it is that pathway to get there quite often um but yeah anyone who well, hasn't meditated yeah i completely agree and and i think that what what people need to understand is if you watch tv if you listen to music if you go to a nightclub and dance if there's so many times in everybody's everyday life where the conversation inside your head stops mm. And they're the things that we all gravitate towards. Like watching TV just might... That's when people say like, oh, I just want to watch something mindless yeah. and fucking check out. That's the conversation stopping. Like you get so engrossed in the thing that you're watching that you stop the self. Like the concept yeah. of I, me, I'm the subject. Here's the object. Here's the experience. It's like, here's the experiencer. Here's the experience. Yeah. There's this separation that we have that we just carry throughout all of our days. I'm a person inside this car driving on this road mm. as opposed to a race car driver's like the fucking car and the road at the same time. And that's why the feeling is so great. But I think that it's just helpful for people to understand that there's so many places in their life that are punctuated by this freedom that comes with, call it meditation or whatever you yeah. want. But it's understanding that there's a way to like that is the present like that is the condition like if you strip everything away that's what's left of just being present and conscious everything else is shit that's added on top yeah. so in every experience you can take all that away and have that presence but i just don't think people understand like i'd say to people you get that feeling without the surfboard or without the bike or without jujitsu or without the shitty netflix like you can get that feeling so mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's why it's such a powerful thing. And hopefully anyone out here, anyone listening right now can maybe have a bit more curiosity after this explanation and going deep into it. It's been really fascinating getting to touch on this with you. If you do have, what sort of advice would you have for someone to begin getting into it? What's like a good book to pick up? Because I feel like, like you said, the context and the mindset going into meditation is everything. It's like I used to do yoga and look around the room and try and like see if I was doing the best poses. Yeah. And then I realized that yoga is more about your breathing. And now all I can go in and close my eyes for the whole hour and not give a fuck what anyone else is yeah. doing, but it's about how well can I flow my breath in between movements. And that's because the context is better. Cause I realized yeah. that the practice is about the f breath and the movement rather than the actual movement it, in itself. And I feel like the same with meditation. Once you realize why you're doing it, it definitely changes the experience as a whole. Yeah. What sort of advice would you have for someone to like get into meditation? Well, I'm pretty much, I would say I'm a blue belt in this whole world. So it's like you get in jiu-jitsu, you get your white belt, then you get your blue belt, purple, brown, black. Mm. So I've, I would class myself in still the early stages of yep. development. So take everything with a grain of salt yeah, in, that, in that respect. But the book that helped me uh, was definitely Waking Up. Um, Sam Harris for... Um, people that don't know he's like a he's one of the more brilliant i guess like intellectual dudes that's on the internet these days um he wrote a book yeah called waking up and he's a guy that spent i think like three years on silent retreat wow. um and he's i think like over a year of that was spent 
doing it wrong essentially so he's kind of like seeing all the pitfalls mm. he's the guy that started the waking up app that's what i use um and i just say yeah just like explore the the foundational level of it not necessarily like the the western like mcdonald's version of it where it's like it'll improve your sleep it'll improve your sex drive it'll do this mm. like you're not gonna sit down for 10 minutes and then be like wow yeah i feel great i'm ready to take on the world mm. it's just not like if you're looking for that you're just never gonna kind of get it so yeah i think like really having an appreciation for it but it's definitely i don't know it, i guess it kind of goes the, the whole concept of the self and the voice in your head being an illusion like that's essentially like what they're saying is mm. this subject object duality is not like the real essence of who we are mm. you know and so many of the the problems that we would have in our life or all of the problems that we have in our life are a result of this self like this conversation this subject that's in the head having the experience and there's so many ways that you can if i guess if you're like looking for it or if you're starting to like play with this idea it's like how many times have you reached for a you before you've opened the fridge you're like fuck i'm hungry it's like who are you talking to yeah like who's the who's this and then who's this mm. like what is this conversation like what are these thoughts can you control the flow of these thoughts like so it's it's really understanding i guess the mind and then putting it into this context of of the self and then you get into conversations about free will and then mm. there's like a real chain if you really kind of want to go deep into it you can really start to understand why we do the things we do why we feel the way we feel um and it becomes very easy to be compassionate towards people mm. obviously it's like a it's a huge theme of buddhism is compassion but it's i never knew why but it's like when you really understand like the logical thought process it's like it's actually not logical to hate a person mm. it's not logical to be angry at a person for an extended period of time they're just I guess with that framework there isn't really room for it in that i guess like the traditional sense so yeah i'd say get get a couple good books there's so many great podcasts there's so many great um resources out there but i'd say like try and just focus not on like the productivity hack side of it or not and if anyone's talking about themselves <laughs> too much in it and like oh, i get this and i get that it's probably like not really worth following you know like you just want to listen to the people that are just like mm. super direct super pragmatic it's all very logical yeah and, and have like that, the science behind it like yeah so much science behind it but fuck you don't get taught it at school do you <laughs> no nah, like, no nah. i mean it's it's interesting like i think that when i have kids i actually would really want to do a podcast with sam harris one day because there's like there's d definitely stuff where i i guess i don't understand or I, I don't really know how to walk forwards with this context in some ways and kids is one of them you know it's like how do you kind of introduce this shit to your kids so because mm. i mean for me like i wish i had these tools now as a younger person you know mm. like even as a, a teenager or you know and to a to just have the skill of meditating in that sense of being able to just like sit down and kind of like get to that point where you really don't have a lot going on and to understand that that's there but I think just like the the practical framework of like hating a person being angry at a person being jealous of a person being 
you know, hating yourself. There's just so many things that kind of just don't make sense anymore mm. with this framework. And it's just like a kind of like a weight gets lifted off your shoulder almost, you know? Yeah, I love that. And that's like what I teach at my workshops at schools. And I think one of the first steps is the language around it is quite difficult yeah. because meditation gets this connotation to it. Yeah. Whereas mindfulness, I'm trying to like start yeah. weaving that it's mindfulness, but still improve, like include the practice of meditation. And yeah. I think one of the first things, and like you said, I wish you learned it at school. And I think it's that self-awareness. Yeah. And just so often we don't even get described or told by anyone that like, that there's this, you know what I mean? This constant yeah. battle in our mind with this ego, like, yeah, I feel like we're missing a lot with the education system, but yeah, it just starts with the curiosity and the education to be like, hmm, why is this happening yeah. and what is happening and look at it with an open mind without judgment and that's when you can really start taking like steps forward and actually changing and like positively changing the way we think by the awareness that we're thinking. Yeah, and and just like that question of who is the I? Like mm. who... Who am I referring to when I'm referring to I? And, you know, that that question, if you really sit with that question as like, is this I, this like physical, like, is this actually like a physical property or mm. is it just another one of these thoughts? Like the thought about yourself is as random as any other thought yeah. that, you know, you get in your, like we, we're not the cultivator of our thoughts in the way that we feel like we are yeah. and I think when you really start to just look at that question which is again it's like that ego it's like who is this I and it's sort of not not it doesn't hold up in the in the way that we kind of think it does and as soon as you start to lose that I uh, or you can sort of see through different versions of that I yeah just a lot of stress goes there's a, a lot of stress, Man, stress goes away i know? feel like we could talk for hours about meditation it's like that was the best little tangent getting to like understand your experience with it and i'm sure so many people would have listened to that and been fascinated and we're going to keep moving your podcast is usually three hours i'll come on yours one day and we yeah. can chat for three yeah, yeah. hours about meditation because yeah. i can do it all day too but let's go back to a bit more into your journey so i want to go just before you came back to oz you had something going with your stomach and you got one kidney or something oh know? yeah Cause, yeah because i know that was something that would have been quite difficult in your life yeah so it's it's again it's just funny how shit works out so i was snowboarding in tahoe and i was with my girlfriend at the time and a mate flew from australia and uh, my business partner had this house in tahoe so we used to we'd like do these big film projects we'd fly back to tahoe that's where we would do the edit snowboard every day or play golf or whatever Sick. and uh anyway just snowboarding old lady did the fucking out of control off the chairlift kind of deal and i've like kind of turned to not hit this lady and just fucking cartwheel down this hill like kind of went off the side of the cliff and then i i ended up elbowing myself in the ribs which like popped off a valve in my kidney and uh anyway it like really fucked me up and uh i basically kind of had to i stayed there a month and then i flew back to australia and almost like didn't make it on the flight back home i was i took like two xanax on the flight back home knocked myself out and then went straight into hospital and then uh, they were just like dude i don't know how the fuck you made that like the, uh, my blood pressure was like 240 over over 120 or something like that and then yeah that started like six months because i didn't know at the time but i don't have a right kidney so i was born with one and then the one that i did have i fucked it up so i basically had just zero kidney function i was well it was it was like five percent kidney function so i was just kind of slowly Hanging dying on. for a month 
and then yeah got home and they were like oh you're gonna be here for a bit because we they had these surgeries that they had to do and that was sort of just like another thing where yeah it could have been this terrible sort of deal but that pretty much put the knife in the uh, in in me for the u.s thing and uh after the, i ended up like my visa lapsed and then when i went back there was like a problem with it so that's pretty much the thing that was just like you're grounded you're here and i mean i had i hadn't spent more than like three months in australia since i was like 21 so i was almost 30 or maybe 29 at that point so yeah it was just like a huge huge like shell shock to me just completely changed my whole life yeah and what year was that I want to say like 16 maybe 17 or something like that so it wasn't that long ago nah, nah. that's like yeah because I'm like I've seen what you've grown with Gypsy Tales and I like thought it was like because you've got hundreds of episodes now I thought it was like Joe Rogan style like 10 years but it's like 5-6 years yeah pretty much I think the first episode went on iTunes January 1 2018 wow yeah a lot shorter turnaround than I thought you, that's, that's the part of the story that I want to talk about now because I discovered you actually I think I met you through so before when you mentioned Sammy for anyone out there listening Sam Moore great Legend. friend very great, great human great you might have to change it to great human uh, yeah, yeah we're gonna have one. a special episode with Sam Moore for the amount of work that he does for myself I know he helps you out a yeah. lot as well he's just a beautiful guy that helps me with the good human factory a lot they gave me a little office space in their office space but yeah he's I can't even remember why I started talking about Sam just because he's a good guy. He's a man. <laughs> he's just a man. There you go. Sam's a man. Um, oh, when we first met, that's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I... I think I met you through Sam and the yeah. Harry Bink and the motocross guys. Yeah. I think the first episode I listened to of Gypsy Tiles was, was with Harry Bink because yeah. I'd met Harry and I was like, this guy's a loose cannon. Yeah. I want to yeah. get to learn about him a bit more. So I listened to his potty with you and it just made me go like, wow, this guy's like completely different to what i thought harry bink was but then i like heard you and i was like this guy's a fucking really good podcaster <laughs> i just appreciated like your conversational skills and your way to like make it just like i kind of how i feel good humans is about it's not about someone's achievements it's not it's about sure you touch on it and shapes a story but it's more so about who the person is getting to know mm. who they are because that's where i feel like i learn my most from podcasts like yours just getting to know people and that's what i like aspire to be like just like let's just have a chat and get to know what makes you tick and if someone learns from it epic um but yeah so i want to go back to i discovered you like that and that's how kind of i started to get to know you was through gypsy tales podcast and that's i feel like a lot of people know jace mcalpine as mr gypsy tales where did the gypsy tales whole thing start and what was the initial vision with it it's funny man like you know how i said i was just kind of going driving down the road and then like the mx daily thing kind of come into my head it was sort of just the same with this i literally just had gypsy tales pop into my head gypsy was a nickname that got given to me i think we were like fucking drunk one night it was like me sam johnny mclean and cam williams and it was when i was probably 19 and i was bumming on johnny's couch and there was no such thing as broadband and i was uploading videos to vimeo before youtube was even a thing and then it was like fucking coming gypsy on me wi-fi and fucking gypsy on me couch so that was that was the kind of nickname and it just fucking stuck forever and to be honest i didn't like it i don't i've never really said that i fucking hated it because i was like in my head i was like no i'm doing good like on you wait like a couple years i know i'm fucking bumming on your couch and i know i'm eating all your food and i know 
I'm fucking that vision that we're talking about at the yeah, start. Blind like, trust. Yeah, I was like, it's gonna happen, and like, I'll pay you all back. It'll it'll be all good. And uh, and yeah, so that nickname just kind of followed me around forever. And uh, and yeah, I, I was Jeremy from Red Bull, who I guess another pretty key figure in this story. He's one of the, the main producers at Red Bull in the US, and he's one of my best mates. And I was like, when the the moto thing i was like i'm gonna kind of go out of this i wanted to do something in golf i just sort of like didn't see the the industry doing like wasn't really like much industry support or like forward thinking with like the way the internet was going and podcasts and all that sort of stuff Mm. and i was super into golf at the time so i was like all right we'll go in this direction i feel like this is probably like my route to make money a little bit easier so i started doing this like golf podcast a little bit and then jeremy from red bull sort of roped me into doing a podcast with this guy ryan dungey who's like four-time champ he's one of the greatest of all time in motocross and uh it was for a red bull project so he these microphones like literally gave me the credit card and was like go to guitar center get some shit to do a podcast we'll do this podcast but we'll just use it for the vo and then i sat down and did this chat with with ryan dungey and adam laroche and i got up from it and i loved it like it was really fucking cool just because I just, I guess I know a lot about moto. It's been my whole life, yeah. you know? So it was just to, I could really dig into like the mindset and I'd followed his whole career. And uh, we got out from that and Dunge was just like, man, I fucking love that. Like that was one of the coolest media things I've ever done in my career. He just retired at the time. And uh, he's like a real Christian kind of guy. He was like, I think you've got a gift for this. And, you know, he was like really genuine and cool about it. That's so nice. And then I... I think I flew back to California and I just was like, fuck gypsy tales. Like I should just do this thing. And it was just, man, I, it was just one of those, again, like blind faith. I just, I was like, I'm, I'm not going home and getting a job. I'm going to go home. I'm going to live with my parents like a fucking bum. I mean, I didn't have a car. I didn't I literally had nothing. Like mm-hmm. I had to get rid of everything in the U S my dog was still in America. So like it took me fuck nearly 12 months to get my dog back. Like my life was just a shit show and uh but yeah i just buried myself in the gypsy tales i was like i just don't give a fuck how long it takes i don't care that i don't have any money i'll just live with my parents but i feel like i can make it work i love that that that's a really cool start to the story because obviously gypsy tales is a mega mega podcast now which i want to talk to you about i mean not specific numbers but like the crazy growth that it's seen how important has it been not leveraging your network but having those ties and being able to get intros into people because what you touched on just then with starting it i have the exact same feeling like there's nothing better than just sitting down with someone having a conversation yeah. and then after them going fuck that was actually really cool that wasn't someone going like oh how did it feel to win your world title it was like man how did it feel when you're growing up to like where you are now like yeah. let's people reflect like i've had harley clifford and yeah. harry and um i'd sully bailey a pro surfer on my yeah. podcast yeah. a few weeks back and he i saw him out on saturday night and he gave me a hug and he's like man it's cool huh? my dad has never said to me like well done that was like something really special and he he's like i haven't heard him say that in about five years to me since something massive happened in my surf career yeah yeah and he's like he said that he was like mate that was incredible and That's i was so like sick. it's so special hearing that that like you give that platform for people to have just like like how good we just been sitting here for an hour no phones is man to man having a chat getting to know each other's story better like well i think i call it the campfire effect so it's like if you think about just the oldest form of entertainment mm. you're like podcasting for to make it sound wanky it's like we're just tapping into this primal 
old school thing that we've just done for just mm. generation on generation on generation it's like the campfire was the only thing the lights go out at night you fucking light a fire and you sit around telling stories and i mean for me that was how i grew up mm. like i grew up going into the we just went camping we just went north there was nothing north of cairns and we just went fucking north and you know we'd have a campfire and we'd tell stories from the day and and the the boys like oh fucking did you see when he went over the handlebars here this fucking cow come out and there was a roo there and there was i swear we saw a croc back there did anyone else and you know everyone's telling those stories and then slowly it goes from what happened today to what happened 20 years ago and you know like it just always kind of stuck with me and i think that there's a reason why podcasting is so popular Mm. and i think it just taps into just the most simple and ancient form of entertainment which is just a campfire you know like it's just quiet there's people talking and that's it it's just story time you know yeah i love that hopefully everyone listening is enjoying our chat right now because it's so special like you said just having those conversations whether it be recorded like this or like one of my favorite things to do and, and it comes back to the campfire thing is like to sit around when somebody's making dinner and like just chat yeah. to them while they're making food like no distractions other than conversation and making yeah. food it's like and then sitting around and sharing a meal together it's like well i mean dude you're so right and and this for me in particular like i've made friends from doing this podcast i just didn't know them before and mm. they're like best friends like jack freestone and me fucking boys didn't know him from bar so i was just a fan like when i was yeah. living in america and surfing he was winning his world junior world titles like that's when i first started i was there when you only switched junior oh, world really? i was chatting him up the beach yeah no shit. <laughs> yeah so i mean i was like uh i was just like frothing i was surfing a bunch in california at that time he was the guy been a fan forever and then i saw he was on the gold coast i was here doing that dm'd him on instagram we did the podcast literally he's one of my best friends that's so cool so you know the the power of conversation is just so so real i'm giving people your undivided and undistracted attention for an extended period of time it can literally be life-changing oh absolutely like the i don't know if you saw i put up a thing the other day of just like the power of a conversation my dad i recorded a podcast with him and he he didn't he didn't he wants to wait until father's day to put it out he wants to change a few little things but we'll get there dad yeah i know he'll be listening to this um but yeah just the power of like actually checking in with people and like not just being transactional or advice is just sit there and talk to someone and like learn stuff like I, that's my like favorite thing in the world to do yeah let's go into your podcast again just for a bit so what's the journey been like from the start because i i'm still early days podcast i think you're going to be episode 39 plus my little one percenters so yeah. i'm still early days but like i think it's like 85 percent of podcasts don't make it past seven episodes or something so yeah. so i've made it a little while but i've got a lot of work to do but i, I just love having these conversations what was that journey like for you that first year? Because I know over the first two years, let's say, because it gets hard to get a podcast to make money and to make it into a job like you are now. What was that journey like getting past that hump? Um, yeah, I just, I guess I just sort of, I just took it like a job. Mm. I treated it like a job. And uh, if there's anyone out there, the book recommendation coming up, I actually didn't read this till a bit after, but there's a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And it's so worth a read uh if you are in any kind of creative or you've got anything kind of going on that you want to get off the ground but there's a chapter in there called uh be a professional and i think from just that very first day i just decided i was just going to make it my full-time job Mm. so from day one i literally just worked eight hours a day 
on the podcast. And I mean, that was the minimum, you know? And there's times where I give this advice to people that are trying to sort of start anything. Um, but I've always just kind of had this mentality of just like chain yourself to your desk because at the start, and I, I can imagine that where you're at right now, you don't know how to fill your time 24 hours a day with your podcast. Mm. You know, like you could you could probably work like five hours on it. Yeah. And then if you put like five solid undistracted hours into it, you'd probably run out of shit to do. And it's like just to, and that's just me assuming. Yeah. But nah. it's like that went on with me for a long time. But I just stayed at my desk for eight hours. So like at the start... I did like one podcast and then I'd edit it and I didn't really know about how to, how many clips to put on Instagram. I didn't really do YouTube. A lot of it was cold calls to, you know, people to get guests. And then, you know, in a few hours, I'd kind of done all my work, but I just fucking stayed sitting at my desk. And then it was like, maybe I'd waste two hours, then I'd go get some food, I'd watch some random YouTube shit, I'd come up with another idea, I'll email that person. But yeah, I just literally stayed at a desk for eight hours a day. And then I kind of... I just, I don't know. Like, I think the thing that probably kills people the most is just like listening to people say it's not going to work out or mm. being worried that someone's going to think you're a kook if you're trying to do a podcast because there's a million other podcasts out there. And I feel like that's the shit that will finish a podcast or like make you stop it than how hard work it is or what you've got to put into it or, you know, people not wanting to listen. I feel like. The, the things that people would think would make something fail are kind of not the reasons mm. that they would so I think yeah I just I never gave a fuck about any of that stuff um, and I just treated it like a job I just sat down and worked eight hours every day and like slowly you, you take your wins where you can as well um, and just consistent consistent I was consistent. about to say consistency is the one thing that me building this podcast up I was like fortnightly episodes yeah and I just wasn't seeing the growth and I was like I'm very lucky as a you like without yeah you got network. good networks, yeah, yeah like I've like had some incredible guests on I've had like world champions in wakeboarding world champions in surfing like yeah. some big name guests and I still like numbers is the hard one looking at numbers like in that growth stage what was that like for you in that first little while like being disappointed let's say in numbers or was there like a pretty good on yeah, take early for you i got lucky a eh? like i think i had the right podcast at the right time and then a combination of the fact that i had already i'd been a film person so it looked like an established podcast straight mm. away and and really too i, I haven't mentioned that i've i kind of just had a goal in mind i think i had the advantage as well of living in America and just I was had like a PhD in podcasting before anyone in Australia even fucking knew what it was. Mm. So I'd been listening to Rogan since 2012 or third maybe 13 and it was like I'd listened to hundreds and hundreds of episodes of of Rogan and I'd watched his studio so much and so I kind of there was like the a business side of me as well that was just like this is just a hole in the market. Like this studio that we're sitting in now, this is like pretty much the only one. Like I don't know of many that are like this in Australia. Like there's people that have got like podcast sets yeah. and studios and stuff like that that they do in like backgrounds. And But this is like a full podcast studio. It's got like TVs on the wall. We've got like live multi-camera switching. We can go live to all these different places. And so, and this is now two and a bit years old. 
So I had it pretty early on in my head of like, fuck, build it and they will come. Like that was kind of just my attitude to where I was like, I knew I had a good network and I knew I had some other pieces of the puzzle. But in terms of, I just knew what podcasting could be because I'd lived in America where it it originated. And I just was like, no one in Australia is doing it this way. So I was like, I feel like I can just have enough point of a difference by doing it this way anyway, regardless of all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a privilege sitting in here for anyone listening. We are in Gypsy Tales studio right now. Jace is a friend of mine and I was like, we can either sit in my garage with my one little backpack and a few mics or I'll come check yours out. And he was like, yeah, come over, check it out. So I've been wanting you to check this out anyway because yeah, I feel well, like you've probably got some ideas and well, stuff Well, that's as well. exactly what you were just going on then. I feel like not only am I lucky, but I do have that curiosity and I do have that passion to learn and to like experience different things to give myself ideas and i'm sure it's good having people like yourself who are willing to somewhat mentor and give me an inside look to be like hey look this is what's possible yeah if you take it seriously if you make it professional and that's where hopefully everyone listening has seen the good humans podcast has kind of grown into this like creating better assets creating deeper conversations with guests but then continuing on that path of having that underlying why which is obviously mental health but like i'm not here to talk about mental health there's enough people out there doing that i'm also to get to know your story and the skills hopefully you've realized through my question asking are the ones that do relate to mental health along the journey yeah um but yeah man it's been epic getting to have a chat i'm so inspired from what's more to come what is coming up for gypsy tales what's your future growth i know we had a bit of a chat before we jumped on air about the idea of expanding and the idea of diversifying from just being podcast what's that next angle for you and and how good is that for you well how important is that for you to diversify away from just the social media platforms um yeah i think that i think for me that i've talked about the numbers thing real quick too because i think that um it's probably pretty important for people to hear that the numbers sort of don't matter (laughs) Because, mm. I mean, you know, you can you have these like crazy surges and then it's just not sustainable. I mean, like we did probably almost all the way through COVID, like we didn't have a month that was like every month was our biggest month. And it was like it, that went on for a long time. And at some point that bubble's just got to burst. Like yeah. it's just not it's it's not even like it's just not a good way to live even. So, I mean, really to try and detach from the numbers early on and just play the fucking long game, yeah. you know, like you, even now I look at my shit and it's like we're 300 episodes in on iTunes and it's just like, that's still a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And we've been working on this new platform and I've been going through, I was going to make a list of like, what's my top 10 favorite podcasts. And I look back, I'm like, fuck, most of these are shit, <laughs> you know, like in terms of me and, uh, and it's just like it's still you know i'm still in such like a early stage so to even care about numbers and and then you know we go through this to bring us to the question now it's like right now we're working on building our own platform um i just want to get off instagram not get off instagram and youtube but just get off the reliance financially on Mm. on different platforms that you kind of have no control over um i think that the, there's a level at which like your cre- creativity can kind of get stifled in a way and you just kind of get pushed into this zone of like give the algorithms what works yeah. and, and only what works and it sort of doesn't give you much freedom to move so we're working on building our own kind of platform deal um, 
we've got our US studio, which basically uh, people go, like we have guests that go in and they sit in a room and we've got our own producer and it's like a cool room. It looks like this room. Um, and then there's like a screen on the other side that people talk to. So it's just like a fucking, it's like a super expensive Skype call. Uh, <laughs> and it makes the quality of the podcast um, really like one-to-one kind of the same as what it is here yeah um so that was pretty huge for us we've just gone into europe so we've got a studio like that in the netherlands now um and then we'll do one probably in the uk um and then just trying to i guess like make the most of the content that we've got too and then with this new platform i'll be going more into like the video side of things as well i I really i've just always loved making like storytelling and i think that that's what gypsy tales is at its core is like telling these people's stories yeah. um and so i think a, a different way to do that and to try and have everything loop back on itself and just it all stays I, I always call it like the gypsy tales universe you know like you've got these guests that come on you've got these characters that are involved and it's like giving people uh like their own kind of world to exist in it's like a really positive it's always promoting kind of the right shit and i think that to talk about i guess like the why you know everyone's got to have like their why and their genuine reason to do it i feel super fucking lucky that for whatever reason over the years i have been able to get this really good network of people and my personality has maybe lended to that in a certain way uh and it's like okay i come from this small town with like no really good influences like i had mm. i was so lucky i had my family because apart from my family there's just fucking shit around and it's like if I didn't have those influences, then I wouldn't be kind of where I am now. And I know that a lot of people out there aren't lucky enough to have those influences. And I've seen it. I talk to people every day in my DMs that are like, fuck, I'm so glad that I've got, you know, this podcast to listen to. Like, I wish I had friends like you and Sam and your friend group. And I wish Mm -hmm. I had this. And that's the reality of the world. And so for me to be able to get a Casey Stoner, like an alien of a human like the dude's not even fucking real with what he was able to achieve in his life and it's like and to not talk about the you know the cliche shit it's like exactly your same kind of vibe you know it's like he did all of this while having crippling anxiety crazy fucking anxiety where he was sitting on the floor of his million dollar motorhome and just fucking fetal position curling back and forth before he went out and beat the best people in the world and it's like that to me is a conversation that I want to share with people. And like that to me, I feel like it sort of just like pushes the, this whole like humanity thing a, mm. a little tiny bit forward. You know, it's like you take these people that don't have access to any form of like great mentor or any form of, you know, like they're just not going to be able to talk to that guy ever in their life. And then you just put them in the fucking room with that person. Mm. Um, so yeah it's just like i want to just really try and create like this really big world for people to kind of live in and move through um and it's like hopefully going to kind of help their life get yeah, better and better inspire you know? people yeah. along the way and that's why i do what i do it's like hearing you explain it like that is just like so exactly on the money of basically why it, like my why you explaining it like that made me realize that i've got a very similar yeah. mindset around mine i think having this understanding and awareness that we're very lucky to have the access to the people we do like yeah. you know what i mean i could mates with you through a mate and then like yeah. been talking to like robbie madison about coming on here i've been talking to kelly slater about coming on good humans like 
I've got access to these amazing people, but it is from the willingness to just have conversations and say yes and like actually sit down and chat to people. Yeah. But then, yeah, like you said, the, that ability to let other people in that world is so special and let people like learn from, like you said, you have conversations with people and they're like, oh, that was so nice. Like you'd probably get it all the time. Like, oh, that was so therapeutic. Just yeah, like, yeah. it's like so cool. It's like, I think of it, it's like those like 2 a.m. chats with you have with people. Yeah, yeah. They always say, oh, that was like that, but sober. It's like, oh yeah, it's kind of what we crave as humans yeah we don't get that don't get, don't get to feed that craving that often yeah and and i think that the when i hear stories of people that there's a guy the other day posted a photo on instagram of like his ice bath um and he said that he listened to a podcast like ages ago talking about ice bars um and like cold showers and shit like that and then he bought a book called uh breathe um which i read a while ago and then he listened to another podcast the other day and then he like finally committed to like buying this ice ice bath deal and it's like that to me is like reason enough to do it you know mm. like I, it's just those there's like this accountability that i feel by putting myself out there on the podcast and talking the way that i do and recommending a book yeah, and, you yeah. know meditating or whatever it's absolutely it's like fuck i i really need to like i'm almost putting out this idealistic version of not idealistic version of myself but i'm like presenting myself as like this is the best person i can be currently yeah it's not all the way fucking done yet but i'm like just doing my best and then it's like that version's out there for people to see and then it's like i need to then be accountable i was about to because, say it's good for you to keep yourself accountable yep. that's what i like do with my one percent club yep you'd say i do that gratitude yep. every night yep. it's like i built that for my own accountability now i've got 800 people every day doing it like two and a half thousand gratitudes a week because of this one percent club so i'm like huh dude i literally i meant to message you the other night actually there i was having a fucking shit day it was friday and uh i saw your your post your gratitude and i was like fuck what am i grateful for and i just i was, I was in my room and uh i've got i've got like my desk in my room with like my computer and i've just got all of the books that i haven't read yet mm. i've just got a fucking massive pile <laughs> and uh and i just looked in my room and i was like oh there's my work computer that i just get to do the cooler shit on and then there's all these books that i haven't read and then i got like my little meditation couch in there i was just like I got a fucking dope life. Like yeah. I had the shittest day and just instantly like I saw that 1% post that's and, cool. I, and I was just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm killing it. It's, it's good. fucking it, sweet. It's cool. Eh? And that's how I like reached out to you recently. I had somebody in the 1% club go, um, I think I sent it to oh, you. you. Somebody did. was yeah, like, yeah. I'm grateful for the new Gypsy Tales episode. Like I love Jace. And then that person wrote like, you got to get Jace on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'll be chatting to him. I will. Yeah, yeah. And I sent it to you and it's like cool that, you know, people are talking nicely behind your back. It's like, yeah, it's a cool little ecosystem and little environment, the one we're saying good club. But anyway, this has been a somewhat long podcast for me. Like anyone who wants to check out Gypsy Tales, what would you give like, I mean, we haven't really even fully gone into like the whole thing <laughs> what Gypsy Tales is like a motocross, you'd call it based. Yeah, I guess. Going I just, out of motocross, obviously a lot too. Yeah, I guess I just talk to people that... Uh, it's kind of, that's probably the problem with like the algorithm thing is like, that's just what... There's like a... It's very hard to make money out of a podcast mm. and I've got like two staff and a building and like it's just like yeah. shit, shit you got to do to fucking pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. So the motocross stuff like really hit for us on YouTube yeah. and we get like millions of views every month on YouTube. So there's a lot of that in there. Um, but I mean, I try and make it not as much about, you know, the motocross sort yeah. of stuff as 
as uh just life in general but it's yeah. kind of around those people yeah. um but yeah i mean that's definitely like one of the kind of goals for the next couple of years it's just like one for me one for the one for youtube well it's like day. it's like you go joe rogan is com- comedians and mma fighters are his yeah. two things but then still obviously gets everyone else on that's how i kind of see yours now like yeah i've listened to a lot that aren't the motorsports people because that's not my world but i actually yeah. have listened to a bunch that like blow me away and i've learned so much cool stuff if someone was to go and listen to let's go your top three yeah that you'd recommend to someone if they want to go check out Gypsy Tales fuck I recommend Harry Binks Binks fucking yeah Binks, Binks good he's interesting yeah T's been on twice and they were both bangers uh, Taylor Cecil have you listened to that I one I haven't yet? listened to Taylor's I, I think got, you'd love that I one I will I yeah. will I met Taylor the other week oh, with really? Harley I went out on the boat him with on? him I will I haven't spoken to him about it but I will definitely I'm sure he'll be keen such a good guy yeah so that was a really great one uh, Graham Abbo Henry He's a, a Sydney Underworld figure. Like, you know, you remember the show Underworld back yeah, in the yeah, day? Yeah. yeah, he was like one of the characters was like based off him. That fucking podcast is insane. Um, Malcolm Roberts one I loved. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Was that sitting here? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was... I just found that interesting. I love the way that you like... So when I had James Griffin on a few weeks back, yeah, I messaged yeah, you yeah, going yeah. like, hey... Did it go good? Yeah, it went pretty good. I'll, to, I'll send you to have yeah, a little sick. listen. It's interesting. It's just like you went a bit more into the actual like giving him some political points whereas I mine was just more to get to know his story a bit shorter version yeah but I found it I find it fascinating when somebody like us that are just normal dudes living in the normal world can not infiltrate but like get to ask those questions to people who yeah generally don't get to yeah I felt uh that was a weird one like I did feel like a bit of responsibility just because you know like hundreds of thousands of people listen to it and it's like there kind of feels like there sort of is stuff on the line and it's pretty emotional at that time too like I think we were just coming out of the lockdown at that point and he's a very charged dude as well yeah yeah and then there was like a balance of I wasn't really there to it's really hard there's a hard balance to find of like in some of the stuff that I do where I kind of I have to push back a little bit at times Mm. like especially with a guest like him but you kind of don't want to push back too hard because then it gets fucking weird and then it's closed down you know you've got to be in there for three hours but there was like some stuff like you're talking about climate change I was like fucking change the subject I was like alright cool I'm out of that like I don't need to we don't need to go into that one but um but yeah I think that that one was pretty cool um fuck I don't Casey Stoner Casey Stoner like that's honestly I think one of the best podcasts I've I've ever done but just not me like him you know like he's just an amazing he's just an amazing dude he's one of my best mates as well and you know like I think to especially his talk about anxiety I think was maybe one of the cooler things that we've ever done on this show and I didn't I didn't prompt that at all we we actually played golf before we did the podcast and um we were talking about anxiety because uh, it's funny when I was in America man I fully said to people like anxiety is not a fucking real thing it's just called stress can't get over it mm. like that was like my attitude and then when I started with um, meditation I was like I could feel I could like I could feel it I was like oh fuck you are anxious like oh. this shit that you're saying like didn't happen is not real like that's you a lot of the time you just don't have that like framework for it you don't have any framework for it this is just how you live your life mm. completely unconsciously you've got no fucking idea and uh so anyway i was i was talking to casey because he mentioned um he was like oh you know i've been struggling with this anxiety and 
I was like, mate, fuck me too, dude. Like, it just is what it is, you know? Like, this is kind of just part of being fucking human, I think, unfortunately. And we're just talking about different ways to do it. And I, I, I had a pretty gnarly experience one day meditating in four minutes. Just full anxiety to just nothing. Just complete bliss. Just fucking cruising. And uh, that completely changed uh, my perspective on on like anxiety and what it is and how to deal with it and i just i don't think it's nowhere near as hard to deal with as what we get, get told. told after that you know it's just literally practice to kind of go in there and look at what it is and it it really doesn't have that long of a half-life and i think a lot of emotions are like that mm. but anyway we sort of had this chat about it and we started heading there on the podcast and i didn't want to blow him out i yeah. didn't there was a private conversation and I was like, I'm not, I'm leaving this one alone, yeah. you know, and I was kind of prepared to change the subject. And, uh, and then he just kind of come out with it and just went way deeper into it. Then he even went on the golf course in private. Um, and then that headline Ronan actually shout out to Ronan. He made a thumbnail that like, you know, anxiety based kind of clickbait thing. I, I almost didn't want to post it because I was like, Fuck, I just that to- yeah, I was like, fuck, it just feels disingenuous. Like, I just, you know, he's, he's my mate. I don't mm. want this to be something that, you know, we do for clicks or whatever. Because that's the reality of the game, you know. And um, and then, fuck, it blew up. Like, it was on every... Like, I got the Google alerts that come on for um, with the podcast or whatever. And my inbox was just, like, going crazy with all these Google alerts of wow. all these news agencies all over the world. Fox Sports, Fox News, MotoGP picked it up, like... And man, the comments under it are fucking incredible. I think that was probably like one of the cooler things that the podcast has ever done is to have someone that's just on that level just be so raw and deep on, you know, something that it ended up helping a lot of people. Oh, it's, and like how the power of vulnerability is oh. ridiculous. And it's like so hard sometimes. Did he sort of say to you like, oh, I don't know if I want this out or was he happy after you did it? He was like, Didn't you know give a what? fuck. That's cool just g shit just like i just posted it and it's i'm pretty bad at um i'm pretty bad at like once it's done like it's done if someone really wants something taken out of there i'll do it but like i don't even listen to them these days you know like rones is the one that does it or griff like they'll go through i'll know if there was something but it's i'd say one in a hundred podcasts we put we edited it all yeah like or take anything out me too like i'll leave pretty much all this in it's like that's what a conversation is. If it goes like slow for a minute, that's kind of the people listening. It's no oh, different yeah. than sitting around a campfire, listening to us have a chat right now, just on mute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Everyone and, out there listening right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I just, I, I pretty much did it and it was like a couple of weeks until I posted it just because I went to Bali and I was like traveling and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm pretty notorious for just like, once it's done, it's done. I don't even, I don't even tell people when it's coming out. It just, it goes, just goes out. out and, nah, that's yeah. cool. I'm going to put in the show notes that Casey Stoner one. I'm going to go listen to it myself because a lot of people do come to Good Humans podcast with the mental health underlying background. So I think a lot of people probably head over and have a listen to that and get a lot out of it. So I will leave that in the show notes. We are going very long for my podcast. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the last question that I finish with every podcast guest. And that's what does being a good human mean to Jace McAlpine? Um, how do I say it? Just like doing your best and then accepting your best. Because sometimes your best just isn't good enough. And that's okay. Because by definition, you did your best. I think a lot of times, uh, a lot of times, 
we think we could have done better than what we did and you spend a lot of time kind of like ruminating on on these things that you like wish you did differently but mm-hmm. i think that in reality once something's done you couldn't have done it any different and i think that just like accepting like doing your best every day but just being able to accept it when your best isn't good enough and just having a crack tomorrow i think that that's probably like my definition of being a good human i love that you fully are a philosophy guy eh? i haven't heard it i've like I've, i think about that concept very frequently but i haven't been able to articulate it like you did just then. like i love that idea of like if you give everything your best shot there's no point in being disappointed about it it's like fuck it was as good as i could do so like why yeah. am i yeah. bummed that i didn't do better it's like as long as you give everything your best shot yeah then who cares if it's not enough yeah it's like well <laughs> it just is what it is you know so yeah i think that that's definitely been something that i've been th- i've never like actually fully said that out aloud but i think that's probably been what's yeah. on my mind lately is just that, i love that yeah do your best and be okay when your best isn't good enough because it's sometimes it's not yeah i love that very articulate it's been an epic chat man it's nice to get to know your story better it's nice to learn that in-depth knowledge you have around meditation some great resources that i'll leave in the show notes for everyone definitely go check out gypsy tales i'll leave in the show notes all that stuff so they can check out your podcast it is a mammoth what are you on like over a million downloads a month now yeah it's like pretty i think it's like close to that on itunes and then it's like between like one and three on youtube just depending on that's massive the algorithm bloody algorithm yeah so yeah. but um and if anyone wants to talk about meditation you can dm me and i'll reply because they're like my favorite dms uh reading or meditation like the two but i'll always talk to people i'm gonna have to get some books off you and i will hopefully one day come on gypsy tales and get yeah to, yeah we'll definitely do it yeah it'll be fine we'll go play golf i didn't know you're into golf love golf i can man. hit the ball do you ever have a handicap Nah, i used to i used to be like eight nine oh, but i reckon we'll have a good round of golf nah i'm shit now i so went and played I. the other day fuck it's just one of those things you gotta do all the time let's go have a round of golf and then we'll come do the podcast yeah. in the afternoon one day yeah it'll be fun oh, i'm down appreciate you having me on it's cool it's cool to do it at the it like this i was like nervous at the start <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny so for everyone who is still listening at the end of this pod i am like i did say before i'm in gypsy tales um studio and it's nice to have jace on the other side of the table he's done 300 podcasts with other people so i appreciate you getting letting me in here and yeah it's been a phenomenal chat man i'm excited to continue to grow our relationship and yeah hopefully grow my podcast up to the level you're on because it's super inspiring watching somebody chase and understand the business side of it yeah see a goal envision the goal and not take no for an answer and yeah that's where gypsy tales at no i appreciate it and you're killing it too so thanks man appreciate it thanks for listening everyone you. this has been a well-being network podcast <laughs> hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com